Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar with Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. It's football season, but there is some golf going on. The Sanderson Farms, one of our past guests, Luke List, picks up his second PGA Tour win in a dramatic five-man playoff. Made a 43-foot bomb mm. to get the job done and pick up his second PGA Tour victory. Played incredible all week, but I think this is going to be one most people are going to remember as the one Ben Griffin let get away. Yeah, without question. He had this thing. He was fighting it that final round, but he was hanging around, doing enough to win that golf tournament. Comes down to the stretch, makes a few bogeys. I think there's a lot of guys that signed their card and thought, all right, good week, just not good enough. Probably got ready to get out of there, but hung around. And then all of a sudden, bam, found themselves in a playoff. And uh, I mean, just going back to that putt on the 72nd that he hit, that thing looked good the entire way. I cannot believe that hung up there on the right side. But props to Luke List. I mean, they're. Case in point, Luke List finished, gave his hat to a little fan, to a fan, a young kid. I was like, thanks for coming out. And then all of a sudden was like, hey, you're in a playoff. He's like, oh, I need that hat back. But shout out to Luke being the guy that he is. Found the young man after the round or after the playoff concluded, gave him his hat back. But shout out to Luke. He gets all the bells and whistles that come with winning. A little home game for him come April, his third Masters. And um, yeah, good to see. He was, I think he was 119th in the FedEx mm -hmm. Cup uh, going into this week, now up to 60. 61 obviously safe for a number of years and in good spot for that um first 10. yeah huge win for him but going back to ben griffin you know the big miss with the iron shot on the 72nd hole missing it left there wasn't able to get it up and down you know gave guys a huge gave four other guys a massive opportunity to go out and get a win you mentioned the hat a lot of talk about hats lately a lot of hat talk. interesting shout out jamie weir uh thanks for all the love on twitter it's really really yeah. fun yeah um, apparently you were offended by some things we said but Whatever. I stand by all of it. I do too. Um, but congratulations to Luke on his second win. Huge fan. Guy's got so much talent. Uh, little surprise he's only won twice, honestly, on the PGA Tour. A guy known for his incredible ball striking and tends to have a bulky putter, I believe. Five straight tour events going in. He was negative strokes gained putting. How fitting to make a 43-footer to win your second tour event. Family was there. Awesome to see. Everyone on tour is now headed to Vegas, where Lexi Thompson will be teeing it up. Heard that. On the PGA Tour. Um, she's going off at 2,500 to 1. If I you like those kind action. of odds on anything, by okay. the way. I'm a well, big fan of 2,500. Sprinkle the infield, perhaps. Okay, well, it's a place where the scores are relatively low. Tom Kim last year shot 24 under par to win. The cut was 4 under last year, 5 under the year before. You know, she's one of the longest hitters on the LPGA Tour. It'll be interesting to see what she can do around this golf course. Obviously, it's not very hard. It's only got three par fives. And for the most part, everyone in the field can get home on them. I don't know if she can. 16 is possibly the only one she can, depending on the wind direction. But I think that's where she really makes her hay on the LPGA Tour is with her length. And on the par fives, it's going to be different for her. I'm interested to see how she plays. You know, hasn't had the best year. I set the over-under at 151 and a half. Okay. Interested to see par where 71. you go. Par 71. So, obviously, 142 is par. You know, I'm thinking somewhere around 75, 76 would hit the under, which isn't horrible. But this is a place where it's one of the hardest places to get the ball up and down around the greens. And we saw at the Solheim Cup what happened with her, with her chipping. Um, she has played better on the LPGA Tour the last couple weeks with an eighth and a fifth, I believe. But this is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a tough week. Yeah, the three par fives. Then you have the drivable par four, which I'm not sure will be reachable for her. It's just like it's hard to make the birdies. And if if it's 151, like you said, it's like that could be respect. Like if she goes shoot 75, 75, boom, there's the under. But it's like. That's going to probably be more than 10 off the cut line. It's just that they shoot so low here, especially if the wind doesn't blow. It's either like dome golf or the wind blows a lot. So if they get the dome golf scenario out there, I mean, guys are just going to be 
taking dead aim and firing 2400 you got to make so many birdies out there and with her not being able to reach the par fives and like she's given up 30 ish to the average guy on the pga tour like she's not flipping wedges into these holes like a lot of these other guys it's just going to be tough sledding so i think anything under 150 would be like a good showing um it's just i i don't this is getting a lot of buzz and stuff if i'm a, a woman golfer I don't know that I would want this because like you're not just playing for you like oh let's go try to have a good week it's like you're playing for all women it's like if you go out there and play terrible the narrative is like see look at how big the gap is and it's just like you're kind of responsible for that and even going back to Annika when she did it at Colonial a that was a good golf course for her b she was far and away hands down the best woman golfer on the planet number one in the world winning every other week it felt like out there like she was the best and Lexi just, I mean, her resume isn't what Annika's was at the time. It's not a knock on Lexi, just nobody's was. It's a tough spot to be in. I don't know if I'd want it. It is, and I believe she averages right around 273 yards off the tee on the LPJ Tour, which is right around 13th as far as driving distance out there. That would put her ahead of one person on the PGA Tour, and that's Brian Stewart. So being a short hitter, I kind of know what that what that's like out there on the PGA Tour. It's not easy, but we wish her the best of luck. Hope she goes out and plays great. But look, it's a story. We're, we're talking about it. It's a story. That's what they wanted. They yeah. wanted to create some buzz. i tell you one thing. If I'm a tournament and I want to create some buzz in the fall, going up against football, I don't think this man would ever <laughs> let it happen. I know where you're going right here. But he's all over social media. He's got a massive tournament, the parent-child, coming up in a few months. Get 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 Charlie Woods out there. This you know, is where this is a site where Tiger picked up his first yeah, PGA yeah. Tour event. You want some buzz? That's going to get a lot of attention. I have a feeling Tiger will be like, "No, nah, not so fast. We're not ready for that yet." But hey, they'd be talking about it. It ain't right now, but it's coming, and it's going to be just a lineup. Like Charlie, pick one. Where do you want to play? You'll get it. But it's what is he? Fourteen, right 15, now? I think. Did he turn fifteen? I think so. Is he fifteen? All right, like either way, a couple years. You know, let's give him seventeen. 16. Maybe like approaching, approaching, getting into college or something like that. If he even goes that route, but it's going to be just a. It ain't going to be a. Oh, I got a sponsor. And I was like, which tournament do you want to play? for your first one but right now like a kid's still growing let him get some time to get some length and kind of fill out and like develop a little bit there's also a scenario where you go too early and you shoot a million and it's like boom what does that do to your brain but he can have every opportunity in the world but these fall events right now the way they've switched up like you need some storylines it's hard to differentiate yourself and you're going against football it's tough so i don't blame i don't blame shriners for doing this trying to do something to distinguish themselves from the other tournaments but i think it's a it's a tough spot for for Lexi, for any woman golfer that goes out there and tees it up with the guys. Like, it's almost, it's not a no win because she could go play great. And if she made the weekend, it'd be oh, a, huge a huge story. Yeah. But there's a lot of downside. I think there's more downside on the table than up. Mm, I don't know. I just think if she goes out and plays well and makes the cut, it's huge. She'd be the first person since Babe Saris to to make a cut. The be the second person ever to do it. No one else has ever made one. Michelle Wee was 0 for 8. Annika obviously didn't make hers. But going back to the Charlie Woods thing, I mean, he's 14, 15 years old. Tiger made his debut at 16 out in L.A. I mean, I'm just I'm I'm here for one of these smaller tournaments to throw him an invite and him come out and say hello world and let's get it going i mean everyone would be watching it would be easy to know where charlie is on the golf course because the entire gallery will be following him around you're gonna get a chance at the pnc i mean they're gonna show him showing up in the parking lot everything he does leading up to that is basically gonna be the charlie tiger show at that thing but just hold your horses on that because that ain't if it's when it's coming um last bit of news that i think deserves a little a little conversation shad tootin on the corn ferry tour they're playing their final event up there at victoria national this week it was jammed up around that 30th spot i'm talking like one shot can mean the difference between a couple positions for guys trying to get their card he goes out thinks he gets it done finishes 29th and they come in oopsie daisy a little infraction playing lift clean in place which is something that 
I, I'm sure it's happened before, but not in a situation where it's like tour card or back to the Corn Ferry tour. That was brutal. Yeah, and for those that didn't see it, lift, clean, and place. Obviously, you can pick your ball up, clean it, and then replace it within what club length, or place it within yeah. what club length of where it was, no closer to the hole. Well, he went to place it on the par 5 15th. It rolled forward a couple inches, so he picked it up. And since he already placed it, you're only allowed to replace it once. And since he already did that, he has to put it back in that exact same spot. Well, he moved it a little bit because he didn't want it to roll again. Gained zero, zero advantage. But the rules are the rules. They found out later. One of the officials saw it on TV, said he did not place it back where the original spot was. Therefore, he placed it twice. And that's in violation of rule number whatever. And it's a two-shot penalty, which moved him down in the tournament, ended up making him go from 29th to 32nd, allowed Rafa Campos, who missed a six-footer for birdie on his last hole, that he thought cost him getting his PGA Tour card, was absolutely a wreck afterwards. Well, with the two-shot penalty, it moved Rafa up into that 30th position, and he is headed back to the PGA Tour. Just, you know, great for him, but just devastating Dude, for just Shad too. And I mean, I feel awful for him. This is one of those things where, you know, the Corn Ferry isn't showed on TV every single week. If there's not a TV camera there, no one knows. Shad Tootin probably doesn't have a clue that he made a mistake at all. No one in his group has any idea. And you go about your business, and he's going to be on the PGA Tour. But with that being said, the 31-year-old just misses out and is going to be spending another year on the Corn Ferry Tour. And we were talking about it on our SiriusXM show. I mean, his last six weeks have just been horrendous. I believe he has three missed cuts in there, like a 48th and a 55th before this finish at the Tour Championship. Just devastating for him. And he guts it out. He goes through there, turned a, a birdie into a bogey on that hole. Then he bogeys the 18th, which in hindsight might have gotten it done. It's just, I mean, for a guy that's 31, that's been doing, this isn't a 22-year-old kid or 23-year-old kid fresh out of college, like, okay, I'll probably get it next year. I'm fresh out and I'm getting better. He's like, this is 31. He's been out there doing this for a while. To have to, He does still get to go to, um, he goes straight to finals uh of q school where there are five cards up for grabs but like that's gonna be a tough that's, that's tough sledding and his brain that's one of those things like not only all right you don't go to the pj tour next year but it's like how long does that carry over how long does it take to get over that if you don't get your card at q school and you're teeing it back up you know in the bahamas or wherever they go first off you're like dude i shouldn't even be here yeah but congratulations Sucks. to the 30 guys who got their pga tour card ben coles won the season long points list he is in the players he's in the u.s open fully exempt on the pga tour but it's time for them to enjoy some off season which we are right now and with our good friends over at polo ralph lauren they do everything they've got clothes for golf i got right here a little little gym shirt yeah a little, little workout shirt. that's a couch shirt We're laying around watching football watching work those out, cowboys work you know out, I mean? yeah maybe hit we're the not gym. talking about the cowboys you want to talk about them no, I want to talk about polo and good how great or they not are. Good. All right, well, I'll talk about polo because the RLX Golf Collection draws inspiration from the traditional aesthetic of polo, updating it to create a modern sensibility focused on performance-driven design. From sophisticated styles to the most technologically advanced fabrics available, RLX Golf is the ultimate in functional luxury and provides pieces that are ready for whatever the conditions bring, on the course or off. Ralph Lauren is the official outfitter of the United States Ryder Cup team and partner of the AJGA. Ralph Lauren is proud to continue its sponsorship of golf ambassadors Andrea Lee, Billy Horschel, Davis Love III, Devin Bling, Doc Redman, Jonathan Bird, Nick Watney, Sean Foley, Smiley Kaufman, Todd Anderson, Tom Watson, Trevor Werblow, Troy Taylor III, Tyler Strafacci, and Zach Johnson. The RLX Golf Collection is available in select Ralph Lauren stores, exclusive private clubs and resorts, and online at ralphlauren.com. Holidays are coming up. Scoop and score oh, for yourself got, and your friends and fam. On the course, off the course, gym, rain gear, they do it all. Gold jacket, green jacket, all of it. Love it. All right, well, we got a very 
special guest this week. He has been the talk of the golf world, up-and-coming superstar, just played in the Ryder Cup, hadn't even played in a major championship yet, but we got Ludwig Aubert joining us, the future of golf, in my opinion. This guy does it all, beautiful golf swing, and literally makes the game look so easy. It is refreshing to watch, plays really quick, and speaking oh. of refreshing... This episode is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. And Sleaze, I got a serious question for you. Fire, dude. Because we got the Tito's Golf Club subspar, subpar sponsorship. Yes. Are you tired of being bad at golf? You know I'm tired of being bad Are at golf. Are you tired of your friends being bad at golf, but they insist on going to the course with you anyway? Less tired of that. Well, introducing the Tito's Golf Club subpar sponsorship. Now Tito's Golf Club members can nominate the subpar golfer in their lives to be sponsored by Tito's to get cool gear and fresh fits. Yes, even if that golfer is you. Will it make your friend good at golfing? Nope. Will they look like they're good at golfing? And maybe by sheer osmosis start to be kind of okay at it? Sure. But at the very least, you know they have good taste in vodka. Make bad golfing look good while bad golfers get better. Join and nominate at titosgolfclub.com. I'll be honest. How many can I nominate? Just the, the favorite one in your life. No, oh, I got to. Okay. I got to do got a, a few subpar thing. golfers gotta, in your yeah, life. I'm going to submit a shitload. Well, I needed a healthy glass of Tito's after that Dallas Cowboys ass whipping they received from the Bloody San Francisco 49ers. But anyways, let's get to our episode this week. The one, the only Ludwig Aubert on subpar. We are pleased to be joined by the hottest up-and-coming name in the world of golf right now. Only been pro for a few months. He's already captured a DP World Tour title as well as the Ryder Cup trophy. Whether you call him Aberg or Obert, the man is a beast. Ludwig joins us. Clear? Can you just clear it up for us right off the jump? What do you like to be called? <laughs> I feel like I haven't been um, consistent enough. It's a little bit on me as well, um, but... You know, whenever I go back to Sweden, there's a little bit of a circle above my A, which makes it pronounced Obey. Um It's a bit different. It's a bit difficult. Uh, I apologize for that, but I think that's the way to do it. Well, I'm going to mess that up go every ahead single and fire time. That back to <laughs> I follow your group. Say it real quick, just so we know. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 Obey. Ludwig. I'm going to go with your first name. Let's yeah, first that. name yeah. is probably the best way to do it. Done. Perfect, man. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Congrats on everything. I want to go back a little bit because, you know, I first met you in Detroit this year at the Rocket Mortgage when you were playing well, and I got to talking to you, and I knew you went to Texas Tech, obviously, and had an incredible career there, but you told me you went on two college visits when you came over from Sweden, and it was Texas Tech and Arizona State, correct? Three, actually. Okay, three. What was the third one? Uh, University of Utah. Okay, interesting. Very different climates. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> What what made you choose Lubbock in Texas Tech? Um, so for me, um, when I got recruited, we had uh, an assistant coach that was Norwegian, he uh, Mikkel. So and, and at the time we had had we've had some Scandinavians and Swedes in the past. So uh, I think it started in like two thousand and four with the first couple of Swedes coming over, and um, and and then it's just been kind of like a every single you know, generation, there's always been one Swede. So um, I was fortunate to have one guy, another Swedish guy when I was recruited uh, that was on the team and I could talk to him. He could tell me kind of like some inside stuff and, and made it pretty easy for me. Um, and then obviously with the coach being uh, Norwegian, he could help me help me adapt to it. Um, and, and, you know, I, I guess I found a lot of comfort in that and it made it transition a little bit easier. 
Yeah, Coach Sands is a stud. Love Coach Sands, but was it was yeah. it snowing in Tempe the day or was it, was it <laughs> raining? You didn't did you get a chance to cruise around the campus just a little bit? Maybe feel things um, out. The scenery, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. It was campus. quite it was quite funny because I guess Arizona State kind of came into the picture quite late, so I had already had my itinerary planned out for my college trip and or for the recruiting trips. So obviously coming over from Sweden, I, I think I played some junior tournament as well at the same time while I was over here. But, um, so we only had like a night and it was like a, a very, very quick trip. Uh, it was direct flight from Lubbock to, to, uh, to Phoenix. And I only spent like a couple of hours in, in Arizona state. So I don't know, maybe, I mean, obviously I loved it. Um, but, uh, but I felt like, you know, Texas tech was, uh, a little bit closer to home, I think. Yeah, I mean, worked out. It did. I mean, Coach Sands and Texas Tech, the people of Lubbock should be very happy you only got to spend a couple hours here in the Scottsdale area because it is beautiful. But I want to ask about your time at Texas Tech. Like, did you embrace the whole college life? Were you going to football games and everything? Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, um, it took me a while to understand it, uh, to be honest. But, uh, you mean, the rules by football and all that stuff. But, um, you know, I like to I, I like to be myself as a social person. I enjoy spending time off the golf course too. I think that's equally as important. Um, and, and, you know, to find different things that you enjoy. And, and obviously I love sports and I love hanging out with my friends. So we did that quite a lot. Have you adopted a pro football team here in the States that you root for? I have not. I mean, Kansas, the Chiefs are, are very popular uh, if you're coming from Lubbock. So because of Patrick Mahomes, but I don't have a team. It was quite funny actually when, I was younger. Um, I was visiting my sister. She lives in, or she used to live outside of New York for a little bit. Um, so I was there in 20, I think 16, when I was 16. Um, and I visited her and I bought a Jets hat. I had no clue about, you know, the football team, but I liked the hat. So I got one. And uh, everyone made fun of me when I was wearing a Jets hat because they're not very good, as I realized after. Um, so I would say maybe if I had to pick one, it would probably be those. That's okay. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, whenever he gets healthy and comes back, they're going to be good again. Stay away yeah. from the Chiefs. Everybody thinks you're going to be jumping on the bandwagon. I mean, <laughs> Lubbock's in Texas. You could be a Cowboy fan. We we need more mm, we need more good could fans. Be, could be a Cowboy. Could be a Cowboys fan. I know you're a huge, as we call it, soccer over here, and your team's Liverpool, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, correct. I heard, like, diehard. Like, you're watching every game when you can. Uh, yeah, if I can, I'll, I'll definitely watch it. Um, the the best part about being in the States is actually that the games are in the morning. So, um, you know, if I, if I'm home, if I, you know, have a late tea time or whatever, I always try to watch the game and, um, and, you know, I follow them very closely. Yeah. And you have some late tea times of late. That's for sure. Where's you, where are you setting up like home base here in the States? Uh, so as of now, I'm, I'm still in, in Lubbock where, I'm renting a place with my buddy. Um, so we're going to stay there until December. That's the plan. I haven't been there a lot since I got done in May, but um, we have a place. I have my stuff there still, but I'm going to move. Uh, sorry, I'm going to move in with uh, with my buddy Vincent Norman in, uh, in um, Tallahassee. So he went to Florida State. His girlfriend went to Florida State, and uh, he's going to be my landlord for a little bit. Well, when you get when you get back to Lubbock, you're gonna need security around your place like Cliff Kingsbury used to have. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Keep don't all think the sorority girls out. 
Right. Uh, well, you know, you're you're just you're just getting going in your pro career, but it's been so successful. I mean, I would have to think even for you, you know, winning the PGA Tour, finishing number one on PGA Tour, you you and getting out on the PGA Tour, like was Ryder Cup like kind of even on your mind at all, or was that just like, hey, if I go out and play well, maybe I could make it? Um, to be honest, um, if you would have told me a couple of months ago that I would be considered for a team, I'd probably say, nah, probably not. You're just, you know, being funny. But, um, I do remember when I went, uh, so when I turned pro, uh, we went to Jacksonville to the headquarters, the PG tour headquarters for a little briefing or you know, rookie orientation deal. And I remember there was a rules official and he told me, you know, it might be a good idea to, uh, to apply for like an affiliate membership with the European tour. Because uh, if you do that, you'll, you'll be eligible for a Ryder Cup team. And I go, oh, it feels a little bit like a push. You know, I don't, I don't really see myself there yet, maybe in two years time. But um, that was the first time that, you know, we, we had conversations about it. And, um, and then, yeah, try to play my best and then and see where that took me. But it was, it was quite cool that it ended up the way it did. That's awesome that he came out and said God that. bless that guy. Yeah. God bless that guy. <laughs> I will say, you know, yeah. I do owe you 50 bucks. I'm going to give you 10% because before Detroit, I bet my buddy gave me five to one odds on you making the Ryder Cup team and we threw a hundred on it. So I won 500 bucks. So I owe you 50 bucks next time I see you. Boom. There you go. There Ask you go. for Boom. 20. Ask for 20%. <laughs> 20 bucks or 20%? No, percent. Always, always go <laughs> up. Uh, yeah. You get paired with Luke Donald up in Detroit. At that point, I feel like you got to have, like, that's not a normal pairing you would get given the category that you're in. Did you feel like that was kind mm-hmm. of a Ryder Cup tryout at that point, more or less, like de facto tryout? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, obviously being paired with the captain and everyone knew he was going to be the captain uh, or was the captain. So um, I did feel a little bit of an extra nerve and, and excitement when we played together. Um but uh, but obviously, you know, it was really cool for me to, you know, spend some time with him and, and kind of, you know, start a relationship with him. Um, I hadn't talked to him at all before that. I hadn't even seen him before that. So for me to kind of get to know him a little bit more and, and, uh, and you know, I ended up playing quite well those first couple of days and uh, it was it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, you played really well because he left there saying no one has impressed him like that since Roy McIlroy. So you did a pretty good job of that. I got to know, what was it like? You win the Omega European Masters, and I think everyone in the golf world knew, like, that was the moment, like, hey, he's going to get picked. But what was it like when he finally called you and said, you're going to be a member of the European team? Uh, it was it was unbelievable. It was surreal. Um, we had just finished playing in Switzerland, and, uh, and after we played, you know, it was a price-giving ceremony and media and stuff, and I had a couple of minutes to myself and I get a FaceTime call from Luke and uh, I was kind of freaking out a little bit and uh, I had to go sit in a, co- uh, a, little, um, a little quiet room and, uh, and you know, he told me that I was going to be on the team and, uh, you know, I kind of got goosebumps as he told me that and uh, it, was, it was a dream come true. Who was the first person you called to tell? Uh, the first person I called or the first people I called with my parents, um, after, after I left, uh, you know, the golf course in, in Switzerland and called them on the way back in the car. And then I called my coach and, um, and some other people too. Yeah. And most of the guys playing on the Ryder cup team, obviously they've been playing pro golf for a long time. They know each other. They know the other team. Did you know anyone on the European team leading up to that Ryder cup? 
Um, I wouldn't say I knew him. I, I knew Nikolai a little bit from before because we were kind of uh, – we played junior golf together. We've played a few tournaments uh, over in the States over the summer together too. So um, – and then I've only been paired with a few of the other guys. Like I played with Matt and Terrell a few rounds, but I wouldn't say I knew him. I wouldn't say that I'd spent some time with him. But um, – and then we did – so we did like a team – practice trip um the week of Wentworth and uh that Monday of Wentworth and uh and we spent some time play together hang out and um and then kind of got started from there I mean this guy was born two and a half months after Tiger won his first two two and a half years after Tiger won his first Masters yeah what do you remember about that most about that 97 (laughs) dominance that that's Jesus, we're getting old. Is there is there anyone on that team when you went on that bonding trip that you like instantly click clicked? Were they like, "Oh, dude, I like this guy." Um, you know, I felt it's going to sound so diplomatic, but I felt like that with everyone. Um, I felt like everyone was really nice, and this the thing that struck me the most was probably the mutual respect. Um, and obviously, I was going to have respect for those guys, but I could really feel that they had that for me as well, which I thought was really cool at that point. Um, that, you know, I was coming from college and I was only playing pro golf for, for a number of months, but they still respected me and they treated me with, um, you know, as I was obviously a member of the team and, uh, it was, it was pretty cool for me to see. All right. Well, obviously, I mean, you had a lot to go through throughout the week with the gala, the practice rounds, all the media and everything like that. But Friday morning finally comes and obviously captain Luke Donald has a lot of confidence in you. He puts you out there in the second match with Victor Hovland. Take us through that morning or even the night before. What was it like trying to sleep that night and then getting to the golf course the next day and then finally walking through the tunnel on Friday morning to the first tee? It was, uh, yeah. Um, first off, it, it was, I think we, so we teed off early, seven something. So, I mean, I woke up super early anyways. I think my alarm was like four-ish. So uh, I always have trouble falling asleep whenever I get need to get up that early anyway. So, um i wasn't sleeping that great uh, i remember waking up a few times i was obviously nervous um a lot of the excitement the nerves the anticipation um it was, it's a bit nerve-wracking like not gonna lie but um it was really cool um and and obviously you know playing with victor is gives you a lot of comfort too uh, obviously one of the best players in the world and um you know it's uh it's quite a nice feeling to have but you know, he, he made it very easy for me. We, we can talk in our own language. We can hang out. We can, you know, we, we I felt like we connected quite well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I didn't hit the first tee shot. I think that made it a little bit easier that morning. <laughs> we were Smart. talking about it. And um, luckily the holes kind of set up a little bit better for me to go on evens. But um, it was uh, it was a very, very special feeling and, and something I'll never forget. And he, he chipped in on the first hole for y'all. That was a good start. Good spot yeah, to hit it over there, too. He hit the fairway. I kind of semi-shanked one to the right side of the green, and, and then he chipped <laughs> in. <laughs> All right, some big news here from Subpar. We have officially launched our own YouTube page. Make sure to subscribe at golf underscore subpar on YouTube. Check out this week's video. Uh, like, subscribe, do all the stuff. Colt, we got some cool behind-the-scenes stuff coming and uh, give you a little outside look at some of the stuff outside the studio. So... Please like, please subscribe. You're the best listeners in the game. We love you. Back to the show. Ludwig, not just the Ryder Cup, but like every event that I've seen you in, which has been brief. You've only been out there for a handful of months. You seem like a guy that doesn't go up, doesn't go down. You're just pretty even keeled the entire time. Is that 
how you actually feel on the inside or is that just what the outside appears to be? Uh, I think a little bit of both. I think, you know, what you see uh, is is definitely what I try to do. Um, you know, I try to stay very, not too high, not too low, but I mean, naturally you're going to react a little bit more on the inside. I think you're going to be, when I am nervous, it might not look like I'm nervous, but I sure am nervous. Um, so like a week in Rome, I, I mean, to be honest, I feel like I've been nervous for the last three months. Honestly, every day has been, you know, new experiences playing these tournaments and playing with new people and, and you know, meeting all these new players and guides and, you know, all these new experiences that I'm having. It's just, it's nerve wracking. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's nerve wracking. So it might look like I'm not nervous, but, you know, I, I assure you I am. Yeah, well, you're handling God. it very well. There's no doubt about that. Well, you you rest Friday afternoon. You go back out there Saturday morning with Victor once again. Team USA is desperate. They put out two of their best players in Scotty Scheffler and five-time major winner Brooks Kepka. And y'all made history. You set a record for the largest margin of victory, nine and seven. What was that match like? Was it just like what? I mean, y'all played great. Obviously, they didn't play very well, but to beat mm-hmm. two guys like that, nine and seven, unbelievable. It was, it was unreal, absolutely. Um, you know, we talked about getting off to a fast start because um, uh, the team that we have had around us in the European team, where it's very stats-driven. So Eduardo Molinari is doing an amazing job of, uh, of keeping the stats. And they told us that, you know, getting off to a fast start in match play is very, very important. So obviously, you know, that's what you try to do. That's what we talk about. But... Luckily, we did as well, and, and then we kind of kept going. But uh, it was a bit surreal. Um, you know, obviously, me and Victor, we played quite well. But, um, you know, kind of keeping the foot on the gas and not letting um, them coming back was, was pretty cool. Um, obviously, we wouldn't ever expect to be, you know, winning the match on the 11th green. But, um, you know, it was quite cool to to see that, you know, we could do it and that we actually did as well. I was just heading out to cover some groups and you guys were driving in, in the car. And I was like, what the hell just happened? What did your teammates say when you showed up? They're like, dude, aren't you, did you jaw quit? Yeah. What, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think all the, all the, all the other guys were watching it on TV so they could see what they were following the scores. But, um, yeah, it was, it was nuts. Like I, I don't even know what to say. I still don't quite understand yeah, what mean, happened. That was y'all winning wasn't that shot, but nine and seven against yeah. Scotty and Brooke. I was like, dude, yeah. that's a haymaker to the to the grill. I, mean, I think you'll set yeah, some I mean, records in your day, but that one will never be broken. That probably, I mean, because that's what we were saying, me and Victor too. Like, this is world number one, and I mean, obviously Brooks is a five time major champion. Like, it's not like yeah. you're playing a, a Sunday match at your home course. Yeah, that, that was. was the hell are you doing tying two holes? That was wild. I yeah. mean, y'all's <laughs> had to hurt. Yeah, y'all's dominance in the foursomes was unreal. But you know, a lot got made of what happened on eighteen that Saturday night with the group of Patrick Cantlay and Roy McIlroy. Where were you back there with the team when all that happened? And what was your point of view? Uh, yeah, I was sitting so behind eighteen, uh, eighteen green. We were obviously watching the match because it was a, a rattling finish to the match. Um, but uh, to be honest, I was actually not looking at Joe and, and Rory when that happened, so I didn't quite understood what happened. Um, but obviously, I heard a crowd, um, you know, getting quite intense, and, and then obviously, um, you know, it was a it was a heated discussion. Um, I didn't quite understand it, but 
um, you know, it's, it is what it is. I understand the Ryder Cup, you know, kind of brings those emotions out, which I think is great. I think it's good for the game and, you know, that's the way it should be. Um, but, you know, there's also, um, you know, a line where I think disrespect shouldn't be on the golf course. Uh, I think you can, you know, be respectful uh, as well as, you know, being competitive. But, you know, it is what it is. I understand that kind of comes out of you. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, that passion is part of what makes the Ryder Cup cool because both sides care so sure, much. Yeah. The fans are behind it, everything. How Did that affect your locker room in any way? Like, was that an extra boost of motivation going into Sunday singles? Or, or did you guys even did you just kind of push it to the side? Like, whatever, weird deal. Um, you know, we talked about it in the team room. I do feel like um, we all realized that we were in the absolute dream spot in terms of the scoreline, um, and nothing was ever going to change that no matter what happened on 18. So um, I think we were up 10 to five or something like that. I can't remember, but we had, a, we had a pretty big 10 and a half, five and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously starting Friday morning, um, if, if someone would have asked us if we wanted to be in that spot, we, yeah, obviously we would have been uh, wanting to be there. So um, I guess it maybe fueled us a little bit more, gave us a little bit more to play for. Um, if uh, you know if we ever needed that which i probably wouldn't think we would have but um but uh but no it was pretty cool to see you know all the guys in the group coming together um and you know even though we're playing an individual sport um you know all the all the players came together as collective and and i felt it was uh, it was pretty cool to be a part of yeah and you know obviously with everything that happened with Rory getting fired up and the cameras catching it. You know, Patrick Cantley making the 40-footer on the last to to bring him somewhat within shouting distance, have a chance. I felt like there was it was there was a lot of momentum on USA's side. And then y'all go out there Sunday morning. Um, Victor does his job early. John Rom got an incredible tie. But there was a lot of red on the board. And you were playing Brooks Kepka. How much were you looking at the leaderboard? And at any point where you're like, oh boy, this thing, this thing's gonna get pretty tight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean I think it's hard to not look at the leaderboards. We were talking about it, and you know, I think everyone tried to to keep their head in their own game because it's easy to kind of get distracted with everything that's going on. Uh, it's a little bit different playing Saturday to Sunday because it's on Saturday there's only four groups, but Sunday there's all of a sudden twelve. So it's a little bit more spread out. It's not as intense, um, but um, I did feel like I got hung up watching the TV screens a little bit too much at times and kind of looking at the other groups and what they were doing, uh, which was natural. Um, but, you know, after I, I – I felt like I did a pretty good job during the round to not do it as much. But um, once I got finished, obviously I went into, you know, supporter mode and, and looked at the leaderboard and tried to figure out ways to, uh, to you know, figure out how we would get to 14 points or fortune and a half. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, I mean, not going to lie, it got pretty nerve-wracking towards the end. And, um you know, I think when um, when I looked up and, and Sep was down and I know it, it looked like it was going to come down to the last couple of matches with Tommy and Bob um, and, and it did with Tommy's match as well. But uh, it was quite nerve wracking. Um, and uh, but uh, but yeah, obviously really, really cool the way it turned out. Yeah, it got interesting for a while, more interesting than a lot of us thought it might get. And Ludwig, like a big media narrative leading into this. And this is your first time. So you don't know what it was like prior, but there was all right. The European locker room, 
There's no Sergio. There's no Stinson. There's no Westwood. There's no Poulter. All these guys that have been around for so long. In your opinion, like who was the the vocal leader or kind of the the alpha guy in that locker room for Team Europe this year? Um, you know, I think that's what Luke did is such a good job of. Uh, I mean, he did a lot of things very well, but I do feel like there was a nice uh, dynamic between experience between younger people, uh, between, you know, obviously everyone's world-class too, but, um, you know, a, a guy like Rory, a guy like Justin, um, with all these experiences that they have, uh, and, you know, for me, kind of coming in younger, doesn't really have any experience at all in those situations, and I try to listen to them as much as I can and try to pick their brains as much as I can and, and understand what, because everyone's feeling the same emotions, whether you've played six or you've played one, um, Everyone's going to be nervous on the first tee. Everyone's going to be, you know, excited about playing. But if they can give me a tip on how to, you know, maybe handle that or whatever, uh, that can go a long ways. Before we get back to the episode, I want to tell you about Rad Golf, the up-and-coming golf and lifestyle brand. This thing is making a lot of buzz. They got watches, rangefinders, and most importantly, speakers. For all you that likes to get amongst it out there, the speaker's incredible. The sound quality is fantastic. You can pair it with another speaker to make it really loud. It gives you your yardages. It's the best speaker in golf. Go to radgolf.com, use code SUBPAR, and get 15% off your entire purchase. Make golf fun again. Radgolf.com is the job. Let's go back to the episode. Obviously, y'all, y'all end up winning, winning the cup. What was Sunday night like for you? I mean, being a part of that winning team in your first ever Ryder Cup, how crazy was the celebration? <laughs> it was it was very cool. I mean, the the last couple of years I've been drinking with my college friends, but now with some of them, I was drinking <laughs> with these guys. So that was that was very different. But um, you know, we had a we had a fun night. We stayed at a hotel um, about forty minutes from the golf course. So every morning or every day, we had a, a pretty decent bus ride um or a cab ride so we were on that bus together going from the golf course to the hotel and it was very fun everyone screaming shouting uh everyone was obviously very happy and then got back to the hotel and and you know started to drinking again and it was it was really fun america is terrified and europe is on fire yeah well yeah is that what it was <laughs> i think america's, that's what it was yeah it's that was ter- something like that <laughs> yeah. i think i'm gonna have that uh, song in my head for a while yeah i think the you i think the americans will too all the cool all the chants and all the cool shit y'all do over there is that come from like soccer and like they just kind of tweak the chants a lot of them could be it could be yeah a lot of those are the same melodies um so they just really changed the the lyrics a little bit um and uh and i think that's really cool because i mean you're never going to hear that on a normal golf tournament you're never going to hear that you know, at the British Open or something like that, it's just going to be at the Ryder Cup. That's what makes it so special. And you could really feel that support. Like they're actually rooting for you and no one else. Well, you're playing a normal golf tournament. They're just, you know, if you make a putt, well, good for you. But now they're actually wanting you to make a putt, which which you can very much feel when you're putting on those greens. Yeah, that was our first Ryder Cup in Europe as well. And I mean, it is special. We it get was, body bag. It was champ. so cool. But I know it's a long ways away. But the next one is up at Bethpage Black in New York, and their fans can get rather rowdy. How much are you looking forward to representing Team Europe again over here in America this time? Absolutely. Um, we, we, we talked about that a little bit, actually, that next time is going to be different. It's going to be very, very different. Um, and I do think, I think Rory said it in his press conference that 
one of the biggest achievements in, in golf right now is to win an away Ryder Cup, which I can totally understand. Um, you know, it's not easy coming away and uh, you got to have some thick skin when you're playing, which is which is also part of it. Um, but uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, for me, if I were to be a part of that team, I would be over the moon and uh, to put the put the European clothes back on would be would be unbelievable. Yeah. I got a good feeling you might make your way onto that team. If I'm a betting man, see if I can get that same five to one from that nitwit buddy. I don't think I'm going to get five to one odds this time. (laughs) Are you, uh, and you're playing this week at the centers and are you concerned with the overwhelming noise of the fans this week in Mississippi being that, uh, you're coming off such a quiet week now? I'm joking. Uh, It was, it was quite, it's cool that you chose to honor. Sorry. That is cool. You chose to honor your, you know, your commitment to do, was there ever a moment that night at the party when you're like, maybe I don't want to get on a plane and fly over here. Uh, no, I mean, I already had my ticket. It was too late. Um, but it was quite funny. I was sitting today in the, in the, in the lunchroom, uh, at Sanderson's and I sent a picture in our, in our group chat and said, I can't believe none of you guys are not playing here with me this week. And, and everyone's laughing. And, um, and then I sent a picture or Luke asked actually asked me like how the first team vibes. And and I sent a picture of the first team, and it was like two people, two volunteers sitting there, and it's <laughs> deadly quiet. And uh, and it was quite funny, very different. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think the adrenaline is going to be pumping quite as much as it was the first tee Friday morning. I don't think I'll hear those um, before, pants either. Definitely not. You might hear a few olays from the people down there in Mississippi. Yeah, they get it. Yeah, they get it. Before we get to the E nine and have some fun with you, I got. I think you know we have about seven women that listen to this show. Yeah, out of the eighty thousand or so, um, they probably would like to know what's your lady situation like. Ooh, yeah, no, absolutely. Single Ooh. girlfriend? I do. Yeah, she's actually uh, she's here with me this week as well in in Mississippi. It was quite funny. Um, so we haven't been dating for that long. So she uh her first golf tournament ever was a Ryder cup that she went to wow okay that's what they're all like is that what you tell her <laughs> they're super cool like that all every week <laughs> yeah so i told her i mean this is every week yeah that's fine yeah that's yeah. what it is uh but yeah, no awesome. but um i set it up for dis- disappointment uh you know she's going to compare everything to the Ryder cup from from this point on and you know that's on me i'll take that i'll take blame for that um but yeah all right, so never be disappointed yeah, with anything. That's yeah. the way they are as, Sorry a, to as a breed. To our seven female listeners, too. Yeah, yeah. apologies to yeah, our moms and aunts. Available. All right, you want to get to the nine? Oh, I got one. I got actually I have one real one and one goofy one. Um, my real one is like you. You come across as like a pretty soft-spoken guy. You like your privacy. You're not out there on social media going crazy all the time. How are you dealing with like the newfound media attention? Now everyone wants to get to know Ludwig. Is that is it been too much at times? Um. I would say both yes and no. Um, you know, just like you said, I'm not very out there on social media. I don't, you know, post on Instagram a lot, but, um, you know, I try to keep it very close. Like the people closest to me, I spend a lot of time with and I talk to them a lot, but other than that, I'm not really interested in other people, if that makes sense. Like I try to, <laughs> that's beautiful. make that a little rude and selfish, but like I have my people close to me and, and you know, that's great. Um, and you know, I trust them with everything and, um, you know, I try to keep it that way, but it is, it is new. It's new for everyone. It's new for me as well, but you know, I try to embrace it. Uh, I try to have fun and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a part of it, I guess. Uh, and, and it comes, uh, and it comes with it. That might be the smartest thing I've ever heard said on our show. 
about i'm not really interested well, not in hard. other people i love it keep that it's beautiful by the way i think you've handled it well and i think you do it the right way man i mean have you seen some of the people we've had on this show we have some real dummies on this show <laughs> ludwig i expect you to be a listener going forward you you're gonna feel like einstein compared to some of these people uh <laughs> Uh, do you want to get to the E9? Yeah, let's get to the E9. This okay. is this is fun. We'll give you just some goofies. All right, we asked this to everyone, Ludwig. Um, you can trade places with anyone in the world, dead, alive, whatever it is. You get to be them for a day. Who would it be? Uh, Steven Gerrard, football player, soccer player. Oh yeah, old Stevie. Okay. Yeah, we we get him a lot. Liver play for Liverpool. I'm guessing. Yes, he did. Beautiful. Okay, that, that was a quick answer. That's too. fitting. Yeah, I feel like you've thought about that before. All right, <laughs> first one for me. All right, we know kind of like the MVPs on each side of the actual Ryder Cup, but in your professional opinion, you were just talking about, give me the MVP of the after party that night. Could be from either side. Who left it out? Left it all out there? Shane Lowry. Of course. Not surprising. He was the massive favorite. He, minus 20,000. Yeah. I did see Tyrrell was the last one standing, though, I believe. Tyrrell's pretty good, too, yeah. Where, some good dudes. Good where, did, where did you rank? Myself? Yeah, where were you? Out of the 12, would you middle of the pack, bottom? Where would you go? Probably middle of the pack, yeah. Good. All right. Yeah, respectable. Respectable. Love it, kid, of course. I love that. All right. You've only been pro for a few months now, but most starstruck you were by another golfer when you turned pro? Rory. Kind of figured that. Yeah. Like, what was it? Where was it? Do you remember? Uh, it was the practice trip at Mark Simone when we played together. Oh, <laughs> bye. Oh, so just a few it was weeks three ago. days ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was the Monday at Wentworth. Yeah, uh, we played together the first time, um, and you could just tell it's different. Like the way the ball comes out of the face, the way he hits it, uh, it's just different. Um, but uh, it was cool. But that's what people say. That like, not that Rory isn't the guy, but like that's the same thing people say about you. And like you can kind of hit it with Rory, which to me sounds like nuts. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's different. Yeah. Saw him on firing a few on the range that made me want to shoot myself. It was like, it's different sport, different sport, but you're doing it. Uh, here's a serious one. I don't normally do these in E9s, but all right. We talked about, you've had a quick rise from college to the pro ranks, a lot of success during that time. If you had to pick one guy who's currently in college, who you think could have a somewhat similar trajectory as you, as you've had, who would you pick? I would pick Michael uh, Thor Bjornsson. He, uh, mm. we played, we played a lot together the last couple of years. I felt like every tournament we got paired together with Stanford, and uh, I would say that we're we're quite similar in the way we play. He's he's an unbelievable driver. Uh, hits the ball very straight, very far, and um, and you know he can get on on streaks that no one else can that I know. So um, I would probably give him give him that spot. I like that. We had him on the show a few mm -hmm. months ago. Great, great yeah. guy. No, he's he's a good player. I know he's he's uh struggling with some some injuries right now, but um you know hopefully he'll be back uh, as as soon as possible because he's an, he's an unbelievable player. That's a good answer. All right, next one. Rather miss the cut at a regular PGA Tour event or have Liverpool lose to Manchester United? <laughs> I absolutely hate missing cuts, so I. Even though I mean I absolutely hate Man United too, but I think uh, I think missing the cut from a selfish perspective is going to be that. Good answer. Okay, it's a man about his business. Um, all right, we talked about Texas Tech a bit. 
the beautiful city of Lubbock, Texas. If you could take one thing from Lubbock back to Sweden, give it to all of Sweden, they have it in every town, what would it be? Um, one thing that would probably, be, I mean, it would probably have to be some kind of food. Um, I would probably say a Chick-fil-A or a Chipotle would oh, probably be a good that Chipotle. That was your first meal back in America, right? Chipotle? Yeah, it was actually. I actually got a DM from Chipotle today. Yes. The, the fact that they're, they're not in golf with the amount of people that love them yeah. is, is mind-blowing. Tell me you need if one of those listening. gold cards. At every, at every tour event we play, there's always a one Chipotle where you, know, you see seven guys at every dinner. Like They should do something. I feel They're like. missing it. Victor loves it. We talk about after he was like, I don't, I won't worry about getting double guac anymore. Victor played with the CEO of Chipotle at Pebble last year. They got to get involved. Whoever their marketing person is, figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one for me. You got all the money you've made so far. You have to put it on on one side. Would you Would you take Patrick Cantlay to wear a hat at the next Ryder Cup or Victor Hovland to show up with a date? Oh, uh, probably Victor with a date. Yeah. Oh. He's got options, too. I think his DMs are full right now. I think so. I don't think he okay. uh, he's going to have an issue with that, but um, <laughs> I think that would be a good one. That was a good question. The picture, yeah. Thank you. I try every once in a while. <laughs> the picture he took with the wives and girls, girlfriends was fantastic. It was hilarious. I loved it. He's He is so funny, man. I love that guy. He's a beauty. Any jealousy in the European team room over all the female attention Victor was getting? <laughs> Saw a chick propose to him on the first tee. <laughs> that is true. I think we were all quite set, but uh, but no, it was it was a funny one. Yeah, he's lurking. He's dangerous. All right, last one for me, Ludwig. All right, you didn't know anything about the other schools in the Big Twelve, I'm assuming, before you got to Lubbock. After spending four years there, which school do you dislike the most? Which one is the the Manchester United of the Big Twelve for you? Um, you know, I kind of obviously. You know, Tech is, is kind of the smaller school. We don't really have that big of a rivalry. You know, it's OU versus Texas, and, and we, we're just in, in the little corner. But, um, you know, for me, I always hated, absolutely hated losing to Oklahoma uh, when we play golf. Um, you know, maybe because they were so good, maybe because their coaches are unbelievable, but I absolutely hated it. Um, so I think I have to go with Oklahoma. Beautiful. Yeah. It's a great answer. All right, last one. Um, is it true Ryan Gosling owes you a rather nice thank you gift since you passed on the role of Ken in the Barbie movie to focus on your golf career? <laughs> that was actually funny. I had no clue about this up until maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, that you know my coach was, was he was calling me that behind my back. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was kind of funny, and apparently that story reached Sweden too. So I had like Swedish oh. friends texting me saying like, "Oh, is this true? Is this what your name is?" Blah blah. blah. And, um, it was quite funny. I don't think I would do a very good actor though. Yeah, but it's a compliment. Ken's a good yeah, guy. There's worse nicknames. I mean, he gets to hang out with Margot Robbie in the movie. That suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they do a sequel. Yeah. Should, Maybe jump on that, even though you got this new lady. But but all these all these golf shows and everything, they're like, we need a nickname for him. And I mean, Ken. Ken's pretty simple. Yeah, I guess my last name is is difficult enough. So maybe. 
Yeah. Ken's easier to pronounce. Easy know. to pronounce. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Well, say it again real quick. Yeah. How do you say it? I still don't have it. I'm, I'm calling you Ludwig from now on, dude. And we'll butcher your last name, but we're sorry. Are you? You're not wearing a hat. Are you protesting something, dude? <laughs> dude you're the worst. <laughs> Joking. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck this week, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. That was the young superstar Ludwig Aubert. We did figure out how to well say done. his name. Well done. Got it going. By the way, I thought we were going to have another little subpar situation where they come on and boom they automatically win ended up losing in a playoff there to luke list at the sanderson's farm but a lot of people have been saying you know his his name's a little difficult to say there's feel people feel like there's many different ways to say it he needs a nickname well little did he know and little did we know he already has one thanks to his college coach greg sands out there at texas tech they call him ken behind his back from barbie love that by the way it's a huge compliment to him it's a great nickname yeah. oh i'm the perfect male Gravy or I'm, Ken? Which one? I'm good have? looking. I'm great. My golf swing's perfect. Everything about me is perfect. I think Sans had a quote one time. It was like, you know, we were kind of almost hoping he would do something to make us realize like this dude's a human because he was just unflappable. I mean, two time, two time uh, player of the year in college. He's a Hogan like, Award. Yeah, the Hogan Award. He won it two times. First guy since John Rahm to do that. And like, it, there just hasn't been any growing pains for this guy. We damn near are coming on right now and being like, okay, he's been pro for a handful of months. He's already won on the DP World Tour. He's already won on the PGA Tour. And he's won a Ryder Cup. Like, it just doesn't seem phased. And you listen to the interview, like, there ain't too much up and down with old Ludwig. He's pretty even keeled. The dude, he reminds me of Ivan Drago from Rocky IV. Just like the perfect specimen. This is the perfect golfer. He's way nicer. He's, he's, yeah, just like, but in terms of like his, like if you were going to build a modern day golfer, like we want him to hit bombs. I think he led the field in driving distance at Sanderson. Uh, we should also make him really straight. We should make him perfect, tall, big, good looking. Like he's, he's the prototype for modern day golf. And he's going to be a beast for a long time. But that was awesome for him to sit down with us. I mean, obviously coming from Rome, playing so much golf as of late he's got to be exhausted but he was kind enough to sit down with us love talking with him also got to figure out who's in charge of recruits at arizona state how you let this kid get out of scottsdale tempe area gotta take him to, him to the right spots oh my god how can we? they say no coach thurman what are we doing uh by the way last thing that needs to be figured out where's chipotle marketing team 90 percent of the pga tour is obsessed with with chipotle Figure it out. Well, I Let's don't get him a bag business... with half the tinfoil around it. Like, do something. I don't think their business is hurting. Huh? I don't think Chipotle's business is hurting. Why Why waste money on market when well, everybody why goes it? to it all Why does Amazon advertise? They ain't hurting either. But, I mean, damn, you got half the tours in love with this place. Figure it out. All right. Well, he's going to be teeing it up in Vegas this week. The young fella is taking no time off, and he is the second betting favorite out there behind defending champion Tom Kim. For me... I look, this tournament's tough because you look at guys, okay, like who really likes Vegas? Who likes to enjoy Vegas? Who's going to be focused on golf and who's not? That's what went into my decision a lot. I think you got to be a really good putter around here because, I mean, the scores are normally always crazy low. You got to get into somewhere in the mid-20s if you want to have a chance to win. I'm going with a guy who can roll the rock. He's a member of the 59 Club, which mm -hmm. can be done around TPC Summerlin. I'm going with the Canadian Adam Hadwin at 35 to 1. 35 to 1. I think one. he'll be focused. I like that. It's hard to not pick Ludwig right after him being yeah, on the I'm show and almost ones. winning. I'm going down a little bit further as well. I'm going with a guy, like you said, you got to kind of take inventory, like who's here for recreation? Who's here to play? I think I got one of the guys that can do both because he's played well here before. He was eighth last year. He makes a ton of birdies when he gets going. Um, by the way, you're going to have to shoot probably, if the weather's good, 20 plus under par to win around here. Uh, five times last year, he shot eight, 18 under or better. What better place to shake a little ass than Las Vegas? Give me C-Woo, 25 to 1. Careful. 
with Siwoo. I know he's riding high right now. Doesn't have to do his mandatory military, but the man loves some I get action. It. He's handled it though in years. He could also just be in his happy place, like oh, I get golf and then I get to get away from golf out there. But it's a good time to shake some ass, dude. I love me some Siwoo. All right, my dark horse going off at fifty-five to one. It's just shocking to me with the college and amateur career he has that he has not won on the PGA Tour. Smashes it. Great ball striker. I don't think he'll be staying down on the strip. He's a Stanford okay, Cardinal. Okay. Fifty-five to one. Give me Patrick Rogers. Oh, okay. Keep it a little, a little lower. Focused. Key, lower key. It's focused. Lower key around Vegas. I got a guy coming up. I think he'll enjoy himself in Las Vegas. A lot to offer the young man. He's going off at sixty-five to one. Started off this fall. He played very well at the Fortinet. Top fifteen there. Had a start off great last week. Just had a bad weekend. Couldn't get it going. But he does make a lot of birdies when he gets going, as highlighted by his opening round last week at the Sanderson, where he made a ton, barely had any pars. Sammy Ryder, 65 to 1. Let's go get that dub, kid. All right. He likes that. He enjoys a good time. He ain't scared of a good he time. He ain't afraid of a good time. All right. I'm going to throw a little football pick in there for oh, yeah. you. Um, this one is just ridiculous. Ton of points, but they covered for the first time all season. So I think they're going to get a little streak going. The dogs. Give me the number one team in the country, the University of Georgia over Vanderbilt, giving up 31 and a half, but they did finally cover against Kentucky last week. I think they're going to make it two in a row. They look good starting out. I had them early. I had a little first half play on them. Can I start off my, this segment by saying a team that's now dead to me? It's not TCU. They just stink. It's Kansas State Wildcats. Okay. They're, they're fraudulent, and they have screwed me virtually every single week this week. Will not be betting K-State for the remainder of the season. However... Took a quick glance at these. Tough for me to find one I really love. But I do think Fresno State is a good team. They lost last week to Wyoming. Big win for Wyoming. National television, all that. I think they bounced back minus five and a half over Utah State, which I don't think they're terrible. But I think Fresno is like a legit top 25 team. Just Laramie's a strange beast, especially at night. So give me Fresno, bounce back, minus five and a hook over Utah State. And I want to say I appreciate the love from Stanford Steve during game day last week, rocking the SMU pony. Gear. I saw that. What's the relation to that? He loves. I texted. Is he him. on an NIL? What's this? He, he loves paid? the Mustangs, man. SMU. They got some he cash some to Dallas. dish out. They ain't getting players. Might as well get Stanford Steve. All right. Special shout out as well to Joey Partine of Louisiana, who won our Ace of Clubs USA bag. Yes, love that. If you, we're gonna have a lot more giveaways in the future. All you gotta do is make sure you go to our YouTube page, subscribe, like, do all that. We're gonna have some future contests. But congratulations, Joey. Hope you enjoy that beautiful Ace of Clubs USA bag. Once again, make sure you go like, subscribe at our YouTube page. That's gonna do it for us. We'll talk to you on the next subpar.